All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Crossroads. How is everyone this morning? You good? Pray with me. All right. Father, just uh, first, thanks so much for the volunteers that, uh, that come together to help, uh, help make this church what it is, Lord, and just to help uh, show you out into the community and different places, Lord, and to be a welcoming, inviting place for people to come, Lord, uh, to learn about you. So we just thank you so much for that. Um, Lord, we know there are questions. We all have questions, and this is going to be one of those opportunities for us to have those answered, Lord, with your word. And we know that your hand is on Beyond, uh, Dion and Bill, if I can find their names, um, as they do that, Lord. So we just thank you for that as well. All right. It's in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Wow, look at all of you. Whoa. Woo. Whoa. You kind of nice looking peoples. Yeah. Don't you think? What? I know, now you have to no, say yeah. yes. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can have my truck now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We negotiated last night yeah. for her truck, but she wouldn't I give said it to no, me then. But okay. now that I just set okay. him up, I have to give yeah. it to him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see all of you here this morning. Um, yeah, we're super excited because we get to get rolling and uh, answering some questions that have already been submitted. Um, I want to say good morning to our online family. Um, I know many of you are probably joining us again from last night because we couldn't catch all of the questions from last night. We've yeah. got more. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to keep going. And, um, and by the way, if we're going to keep bringing the questions in, we're going to answer as best we can. Questions that we can't answer during the period, during this time, is, is one hour. But two things, I just want to always let you know that we have a Sunday school classes at 9 in the morning. Uh, Dion has one. I have one. Excellent. You can get an in-depth. We're studying the book of Jude in mine, and, and, and you're studying how to give me a truck. Yes, yes, and how to not offend people. I <laughs> <laughs> love bad people, see? <laughs> Uh, we're actually <laughs> studying Genesis right now. Okay. Uh, so those are available. So the questions that we don't answer during this, we will hold for, the, for our 9 o'clock, uh, my 9 o'clock Sunday school class. So if you want to be involved in that, come in. But anytime you have a question, you can one call and make an appointment with Dion or myself, or you can come to one of those Sunday school classes and throw it out there, and we'll have a great discussion. And also, as we, heard, we hit these today, one of the things, and I went over the questions we had last night in my mind, the answers that I gave. You can never give a complete answer to any question. When you lose Jesus, you lose more than you can understand. So uh, we do our best. So that's, that's my caveat. And if you have questions that are generated by my answers to the question, again, call them in. Yes, so I have the text phone, so please feel free. The, the number is on the side screens. You can continue texting them in. Um, and like, we, like Bill said, what we don't get to today, we will finish up. Yep. So, Okay, now, I just want to let you guys know, this is just kind of a disclaimer, um, some of the questions that we've had come in are actually, they're, they're pretty tough, and they're, they're kind of sensitive, but they are very much relevant to our time today. Yep. So good, good things to see what the Bible has to say about. Um, so let's see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick us off with something a little easy. We'll Softball. Start slow. <laughs> yeah. We'll start slow. Um, I don't know if that's possible to do right now. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, if God created all people in his image, why did he choose just one nation, Israel, to be his special ones? Uh, 
because it was the best way to do it. <laughs> Again, the point that's being made, and this is a concern, because it doesn't stop with the nation of Israel. Uh, God created everyone, man and woman, in, in his image. And so from the Garden of Eden on, uh, when they were there, uh, sin entered the world. Sin in, in our country, in our world, uh, experienced the, exper the results of the curse. We went from one human nature, which was good and created in, in the image of God, and we now all have a fallen nature. We'll talk about that next week when sin entered the world through Adam. So the world started to repopulate, to populate, to, to grow uh, men. Uh, we went through patriarchs. It went through all of these things. Came to a time when there was billions of people, and they were all turning away from God. This was with a general revelation to everybody of who God was. God is the creator, shown through Romans 1 to everybody through his creation. And yet people continue to rebel. So there was a flood, and, and God pushed reset. And it started again. And, and out of the flood, the nation started to grow. The population came back. Sin continued to dominate inside the world. God, for reasons that he knows, and I'll try and explain, chose a man. He chose a man named Abraham, or Abram became Abraham. His wife became Sarah. They, became, they were chosen to father a nation. The nation was chosen for a specific purpose to reveal God to the world, not to be an enclosed community, but to reveal God to the world. And so uh, that's exactly what happened. They had, they had children, and it went out. But remember why Abraham was chosen. It was a reset. He was chosen because he walked in faith. God gave him an impossible, if you will, by human standards, challenge. And he proved it uh, to be a father of a nation. When he was 100 years old, he had the child of promise, Isaac. And so out of that, out of Isaac... And then Jacob and all of them became the nation of Israel. But again, the, the, the point, they walk by faith. Our normal reaction is to earn a relationship with God. Works because of who we are. We want to, that's human nature. We want to earn and feel like, well, in so many words, God owes us. Faith is what the nation of Israel was based on. And they were to be a testimony to the whole world of God's first righteousness and the commands that were there, their attempts to fulfill it, the need for a sacrificial system that shows when we fail, God has provided a path of atonement, a covering of those sins, so we can have our sins put aside. So Israel was supposed to be this nation as an example of faith and grace and mercy and a personal love relationship with God. The main command was love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Try that in any other religion that's ever been formed on the planet Earth. It is not based on a total love commitment to God. It can be based on fear. It can be based on wanting to get something from God. But it became a love relationship. So now we have a nation that's to be a light to the world. And there were moments of glory in their history when that was the case.
but for the fact they became corrupted also. They went from this walking in faith and love for God to a religious system of laws and rules and domination by the time, and this had several evolutions, we'll talk about this maybe next week, uh, several evolutions of falling away from God, hitting judgment, coming back to God. Jerusalem was captured and destroyed, uh, their capital, uh, that happened a couple of times. But anyway, so when Jesus comes, this system that was supposed to be there for the whole world had enclosed upon itself. They hated everybody else. Everyone, there's Jews and there's Gentiles. The word Gentile means dogs. I don't know if you take that as a compliment, <laughs> but the other people didn't. They became exclusive. They pushed them out. But they were set to be a light on the world. Jesus came back and reset just as the nation of Israel will set us an example to the world on, on faith and love for God and love for our neighbors, Jesus came and reestablished it. He didn't cancel the old law. He fulfilled it. And now we, as his church, are to become a light to the world. So why did he choose Israel? As an example to the world. Why did he choose the church today? As an example to the world. And it's only fair to say, I can't, I can't do that without saying just what happened to Israel has so happened to our world today in, in many countries, our country, I can say, uh, but in other places under persecution and all that, they're growing and flourishing, and that's why he picked Israel, but more importantly, that's why he picked us to be lights in the world that we walk in. Nice. Let your light shine. Let, let. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <Hurrah>. <laughs> oh, no, that, that, is, that is awesome because, yeah, that, thank you. Thank okay. you for that. Okay, our next question, um, actually, let's see. Okay, so Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many powerful deeds in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you, go away from me. So the question is, how can someone prophesy, cast out demons, perform miracles, do all these things in God's name, but not know him? Or were those people that the verse is referring to simply lying and just saying that they did those things? One of the interesting times that we live in, and this verse is, it should, I've got some friends, and, and, and myself, I think it should call every person here that calls himself a Christian to, to pause. To understand what's being said. What's being said when Jesus introduces this, this is in the Sermon in the Mount, this is in the middle of a major context of his presenting his messages to everyone that there. He says, not everyone that calls themselves a Christian is a Christian. Not everyone who claims the name of Christ is a Christ follower. And they said, but, but Lord, didn't we build this great church for you? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do all that and uh, all, all these wonderful things? And casting out demons and, and doing many miracles. Today in our country, you can see 
real healings. You can see God moving in his might and healing people. You can see demons being cast out. In the world today where the church is flourishing, mostly under persecution, you can see them raise people from the dead. These are not isolated stories. These are documented evidence of the moving of God through his people today. He, Jesus has not changed. Now, as far as uh, other miracles and signs, don't forget that there are two sources of power. There's God, and then there's Satan and his followers. They can imitate every gift and sign that is there. They can raise the dead. They, people speaking in tongues, you got to, I could go through a long story of that, but be very careful when you ask someone to, to bless you with the Holy Spirit through a Pentecostal-type experience. Make sure it's the right person and you're getting the right spirit. Uh, just quickly, I was at a, at a service, many services, but I finally said, I can't do this anymore. They would have a worship time, everything would be excited, and then they would say, anyone who wants the Holy Spirit, come up for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so they'd have people line up for a spirit. And uh, watch that for a couple weeks. Says, we can't do that. Why not? Look, they're getting the spirit. Well, what spirit? They have no idea. There was no checking. Are you a Christian? Because you're going to get a spirit, by the way. <laughs> Actually, you already have a spirit, the spirit of this world, before you have the Holy Spirit. So I just did a lot more than you ever needed to hear. Uh, this is the one he's talking about. So people will come up, and they did many mighty works. They started churches. They healed people. They put on signs. They put on wonders, and they were the center of attention. Christ was never there. Now, does God allow that to go on? Absolutely. Could he stop it? Absolutely. It takes discernment on our part when we see something to see if God is glorified or if the people doing the work are glorified. So this is a warning, and, and again, it's so pertinent in 2021. There are so many false signs. I was just reading today about a, a worship service that's, that's sweeping our country where there's healings taking place. Just take it up on YouTube and look at it, uh, and you're going to see people falling around, foaming, and all this stuff going on out in the audience. There's no, I, I see no Christ in their doctrine, and I checked their doctrine. It's not biblical. It's going on today in the United States. So uh, can people do these kind of signs and wonders? Absolutely, but don't forget, Satan can too. But he goes on, never said anything to you, I'll declare to them, I never knew you depart from me. But he goes on with, with the qualifier, and this is for everyone here, that is concerned that you may hear the Lord say, depart, I never knew you. Or what we want to hear is, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. Here are the two paths. Everyone who hears my words and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house upon the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew, beat the house. It didn't fall because it was built on the rock. But everyone who hears these words and does not build his life upon them, when the flood comes, they will not stand the house and the fall of it will be great. You see, biblical Christianity is loving God and serving God with all of our heart, not to gain, but because we love him. The rules have not changed. It's a love relationship with the God that loves us, 
and a love for our neighbors carried out not just in word but indeed inside of our heart big distinctions I, people get upset when i quote this but i'll do it again uh, in our church is today six percent of the people who regularly attend church understand biblical christianity understand what i just said the rest do not Now, I've irritated everyone. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that, I, it's, it's a mind bender to think that Satan can mimic the same types of things that uh, God can do. Yep. And we have to be really careful with that. So This is, this is information. There's a website that's called gotquestions.org. You can go to it, type in any question. They'll give you a good, solid background. Berean Call is another one. So challenge me with them, but you can also just look them up on your own. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. We're going we're gonna to kind of shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk about end time stuff. Is this I've... when the softball comes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, actually, there's a few questions along the same vein, so I'm going to see how well I can kind of piece them together. Um, okay. In the book of Revelation, let's see. Um, Okay, I'm not sure if I'm doing this in the right order. But, okay, one question is, is the coronavirus the first horseman of the apocalypse? The reason it's asked is because the word corona means crown. And so my uh, the first horseman of the apocalypse, have to, okay. he's wearing a crown. Yeah, okay. Stop. The, again, everyone... Anyone who understands biblical prophecy, and actually anyone walking around knows that we're in deep kimchi. The signs of the times, the prophetic callings that this world is about to end are all around us. The, the world order as we understand it is about to end. You know, we're all the signs of end times, the push for the one world government becomes stronger and stronger every year. The buying and selling by the number, all these are prophecies out of Revelation. 2,000 years ago, they didn't understand Visa. The only MasterCard they had was Jesus the Master, and that didn't work back there in the machines. But all of this stuff is taking place, the falling away, it's an apostasy has to take place, the total falling away. That's all taking place today. So the signs, let's just use COVID-19 as an example. Uh, I'll ask you the question, then I'll attempt to answer it. Why in the world... Do we have COVID-19 all over the world? The answer is because God loves us. We are under discipline and correction to be turned back to him. And oh, by the way, just in a thought this morning going through that, I said, you know, if we don't get our acts together, it's Ebola. Does everyone understand that Ebola in Africa? Uh, the uh, they, they can spread throughout the, pardon? The Ebola virus. Yeah. yeah. It, the what? Ebola. Ebola. Yeah. Did I say? It's oh. yucky. I don't yeah. know. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's the inside's wrought out with blood. But uh, it is a plague. Remember, we've had plagues in the world before that turned us back to God. The plagues that went through that would kill a third of the people in Europe and other parts of the world. God uses those to turn us back. That's out of love. That's nothing else. God, the sovereign God, has allowed that to come to the United States today to get our attention. 
if you if you read first uh, or excuse me second chronicles 7 13 it says when i send pestilence god speaking when i send pestilence to you when i send floods when i send oh droughts california thank you very much when i send earthquakes oh seven point what uh when i send those things it's to get your attention it's like any loving parent don't do that and so at the end times is this a sign of the end times Specifically, I'm not going to say it is, but I'm going to say we're, as a world, under discipline. How close are we to the end times? More than any of us can probably believe. I could start listing the signs of the times that have taken place. I did that just a little while ago uh, when we talked about in 2018 when we recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. I believe the age of the Gentiles, that's us, stopped. The, age, the end times age where Israel will rise again as a nation has started. Uh, so I think we're in that. Now this, uh, this is, by the way, let's just go through this because it's too much fun. Because most people don't ever quote this verse. I, and I look, when God says, when God says, verse 13, when I shut up the heavens and I send no rain, and I command the locusts to devour the land, and I send pestilence. COVID-19 is pestilence upon them, among my people. That's when he sends it. Here's the verse everyone uses. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and here it is, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. You hear this verse all the time, if my people will do this, then I will, all you're hearing, though, is heal this land. I don't hear repentance anywhere. Uh, by the way, repent. Join me in an ongoing repentance of our sin and, and come before God and ask for forgiveness instead of commanding and demanding blessings and happiness from him. Seek holiness first. Uh, so is that part of the end times? As our culture, I believe Western culture, is on the brink of collapsing. We've got major players in Russia, Middle East, India, all rising to periods or, or points of military power that could, that could change the, conflict, the whole, whole world as we know it in, in, in a second, uh, whether it's a cyber attack, whatever it could be, EMP, any of the things that are there, economic collapse, we're working on that. I'm done. <laughs> Well, not quite. Um, so, <laughs> so part part of it is is the and the background on it. So the it's Revelation chapter six that yep. was referencing that one, um, which actually goes on to part of another question, which you've somewhat answered it. Um, the the seal judgments. So the seal, you know, opening yep. in context, opening the seals. It's um, declaring some things that are going to be happening on happening on the okay. earth. Now, is it? Is it one of those kind of like past, present, and future types of things? Because I think a lot of times the challenge in reading Revelation is people think linearly. Yep. And we're looking for this event's going to happen, then this event, then this event. So on this, like with COVID and the other horsemen, when the seals are opened, um, this one's saying that the fourth seal, that the rider on the pale green horse whose name was Death and his companion whose name was the grave was given authority over 
one-fourth of the earth to kill with sword, famine, disease, and wild animals. Are we in that are we in the tribulation and experiencing that right now? No. And I don't say that, again, I could just so much. In, in, in Revelation, Revelation is a, is, a, is a revelation that God continues to open up to us as we look at the signs of the times actually fulfilling it. But there's just not only the, uh, the uh, four horsemen, there's, there's a seven seals, there's seven uh, trumpets, or seven, it goes on and on. And they, they made it for, obviously they run parallel because you look at the way some of them line up. Uh, they're, they're not linear in the Bible. But the, the, real, the real important point is, is we're not in them now because the tribulation period is exactly seven years. The tribulation period clearly in Daniel 9 will tell you that it starts with a peace treaty that's signed with Israel and its neighbors. When it, it, by the way, the guy that negotiates the peace treaty is the Antichrist, is the one who's going to lead the last world government. So when you watch the news today and you are seeing Muslim nations, the surrounding nations of Israel, making peace with them, as that continues to go forward and a peace treaty is signed, I believe there's going to be a, a I don't like the word cataclysmic, a, a big hubbub in Israel where the, they're going to attack them again. It'll be, according to Ezekiel, uh, was it 36, 37, 38, that armies of the world will gather around the rebuilt Israel and they will be destroyed in a moment on the hills of Israel. Out of that disaster, the whole world will draw together and make a peace treaty in Israel. Uh, and, but when that happens, start counting. You got seven years. It says two times, two times, 42 months. Oh, that's seven years. And it'll also turn around and come out the exact number of days. The only strange factor is in Daniel 12, where an extra four, I think 40 days are added in to the, to the uh, 1,290 days. They added 40 days to 245 days. So when that happens, that's the tribulation, the true tribulation. Are we in tribulation? Yes. Is it the great tribulation? No. Can that be tomorrow with what's happening in the news? We can start. But again, the first three and a half years of tribulation is peace and prosperity. Everyone goes back to peace. The temple in Israel is rebuilt. They start sacrifices again. Halfway through, this Antichrist goes in and declares himself God. And from then on, now start looking for schmuckies to happen. Schmuckies is a Greek word. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. That, I mean, that's a, boy, talk about a giant subject. Yeah. Holy smokes. Okay. Um, we're going to take another shift here. We're going to sh oh, shift without a clutch. How about that? Because this is going to be, this is. For you under 30, a clutch <laughs> is something that you used to use to shift gears in a car. Okay, go ahead now. There we go. <laughs> so are you saying I'm over 30? I'm saying it's a beautiful day out there. <laughs> All righty. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, okay. This is, again, this is kind of one of those um, weird. It's not weird. It, it's a good question. Should Christians, uh, in, considering the time that we're in right now, um, should Christians use the non-binary gender pronouns when talking to those who identify as a non-binary gender? 
What's the next question? <laughs> you don't no, want to know yet. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, obviously, a non-binary, what, they're, what the, the discussion that's going on inside of our culture, it actually should be no surprise if you read Romans 1. It's, a nat it's not Romans 1 in the United States, but this is worldwide empires that are built up as, as they prosper and they go forward uh, and they remove God's commands and God's directions around them, sin enters in. Uh, I, I mentioned this last night, I won't go into any detail, but what we're talking about is the sin of homosexuality which is listed multiple places inside of the Bible. But when we deal with it, and as Christians specifically, Christians, we don't, we don't love our neighbors. Uh, non-binary or not we are supposed to and and to separate out one sin and 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 to point at someone else is just wrong sin is sin is sin is sin so we as a nation have wallowed in sexual uh sin and immorality for decades the the one one-third of the students, or excuse me, one-third of the people under 20 have sexually transmitted diseases. Oh, how do you get that? Sexually transmission. And that's our country. And this has been going on for a long time. And, and as that cycle of sin is the same as greed, practiced by many of our major corporations today, I'm not saying they shouldn't make a profit, but when, when you give a, a, a $30 uh, million dollar bonus to a guy that just sunk your company as a gift, I think money is kind of, we're, we're, I won't go on. Okay. Uh, uh, homosexuality, by, again, biblically, biblically, God created us male and female. He gave us significant anatomical parts to prove what we are. Every cell in our body screams male or female. That's biblical, that's truth, and that's scientific. Now, uh, the transition that we're in right now is that we base everything on feelings. So, not facts. Again, and remember, this is, this is Mr. Maslow, this is uh, Freud, these are all the psychologists that have seduced our minds and so we build our lives on feeling, not fact. And so it's a natural progression that if I feel this today a certain way, well, that, maybe that's me and I should investigate it. And now we have a culture that that's, will support that. And again, a DNA test in the trillions of cells in our body, every one of them defines our sex, our gender. Now, should we, how should we counter this? Well, we should counter it with love. Condemnation is not God's way. And uh, I can give you multiple books of people who have come out of, if you will, the sexual revolution in, in, in genders and everything else that have, have made a command decision that, that, that they had to know that this is who I am. But again, it's love. And their, their sin is no worse than our sin. We love. And so if you want to have an intelligent conversation that will make a difference with someone, say, you know, I don't know where you're at, and I don't know how you got there. And, and, and you don't know uh, me that well, but I want you to know that I sin and fall short. If we come as sinners 
reaching out, not condemning. And if they're, if they're militant, and you know what I mean by militant, there's no, if, and there's no conversation or rational talk, say, I'm just going to love you. If, you. if I can ever help you, let me know. And then you go sweep their lawn, or you know, move their snow, or sweep and cut their lawns, and do everything you can to love them where they are, as much as they'll let you. Because it will be your love, not your condemnation, that will change your lives. And I know that this is not stopping. It's going to continue and will actually define the, you know, the discussions in many churches. Uh, and so many things that we would say biblically will be called hate speech. And it will be surprising over the next five years, I'll be generous, that if we're able to have the conversation I just had with you. But remember, don't, when they say, you're judging me, no, I'm not. You know, God out of love for us has given us direction. And if you're interested, I'll give you a Bible. I'll show you that, you know, it's not me. I love you. I know if that helps. Yes, um, but I'm going to tag on more questions. Okay. If you don't mind. So, and, and this is actually kind of coming from me because I'm, I think I'm equally as confused in some sense is that, okay, so... You know, we want to love them. We want to show them, you know, that we're not judging or condemning. Sure. But let's just say, you know, you meet with somebody. Let's just say we're in a counseling situation. Sure. And this person um, is a female who says they identify as a male. Do I address them as he and him yeah. or her? Well, actually, if I'm speaking directly to them, I say you. <laughs> but... If there's two of them, it's y'all. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, if, yeah, I mean, if they're open with it and, and say that, you know, I identify as a woman who identifies as a male and I would like you to call me John, um, how do I handle that as a Christian? No one's going to like the answer, or most people are not going to like the answer. Clearly stating that, 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 that as, a, as a Christ follower, you believe that God has made us male and female. Uh, I would, oh, here we go. I would address them by their chosen pronoun. Just so that I might be able to talk to you about the truth. If that's the bridge to have a conversation with you, that's going to affect your eternity and your life here on earth, I will do that. And I know that a bunch of people are going, rah, 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 because what is going to happen if you don't? Your conversation just stopped. The barriers went up. But you have to be very clear that biblically, you know, and anatomically, However you pronounce that, correct me when you can. The, uh, we believe that God created everyone male and female. And that's borne out in DNA. But if we can continue to have a conversation about Jesus Christ, I'll, I'll call you what you want. We'll call you dearie or anything. But, you know. <laughs> but uh, this is, and again, this is, these are not rhetorical questions. This is something everyone in this room will deal with in one form or another in the next year. 
and it'll keep yeah. coming at us. Yeah. Well, I mean, because uh, to be honest, we were just out of town, um, and we, we were at a, a theme park. We weren't on rides or having any fun, okay? <laughs> we're just, um, yet. And, and to be honest, it was a new world because I saw so many people that I could not tell, especially without with the yeah. face mask, I couldn't tell if they were male or female. And then I look at the name tag and that did not help because the names were very neutral. Yeah. And so, so at that point it doesn't really matter because you call them by their name, but it was just, it was a crazy, it was a different experience. It was really a different experience. I'm gonna jump into this just a second ago. 15 years ago I was at a pastor's conference and there was only about 20 pastors there and they were mega churches. And uh, I mean, I'm talking five, 10, 15,000 pastors. And the leader of the conference, one of the questions came from the pastor. He said, we got some time, who's got questions? And a, and a, and a guy over here says, I got a question. You know, the, 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 the reformation that's taking place in the gay community, they come to church and they raise their hands together and they worship together. What should we do about it? And uh, the, the, the leader of the conference says, has anyone ever preached on it? And no one said they had. I had just given a message as gay okay. So I got to go. <laughs> and, uh, but the main point, I said, well, what'd you say? I said, well, it's no different than any other sin. Churches for decades in our country have, have allowed people who are not married, who are living together to fully participate in the community of the church. And that's wrong. All of a sudden we get our righteousness on when it comes to this issue. So anyway, uh, that was just a little mm. side eddy. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. This next question says, if the Bible says that God knows the date of our, of, that we die, or he knows the number of our days, yep. can he actually ever change that date? No. It get, he knows if we're going to accept him or reject him. He knows every event that's going to take place in our life. He knows the, the birth date that he creates everyone special. He knows when they're going to die. That doesn't mean he ordains and says, by the way, you're toast. I'm pushing the button. Uh, through life choices and things that we do, we choose that as far as part of the ongoing flow of life here. The God is I'm trying to get the word. He's present at all times, at all places, and he's omniscient. Omniscient is om everything, omniscient, science, all knowledge. So he knows everything that's going to happen. That's how the book of Revelation can be written. He's writing because he's standing in the future describing what's taking place. And he knows that in our lives too. Now, do we contribute to that by unhealthy lifestyles? Yes. He knows. <laughs> Bill's going to like ice cream. He's toast. Uh, or, or whatever the case may be. He knows all that. And if it factors in. Uh, but let me give you some, some other good news. 
during all of our lives, and we said this last night, God is constantly reaching out to draw us to the center of his will. The song that, that Brian talked about, the way, the truth, and the life. You see, God's always trying to direct us into the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ so that we might go to heaven and spend eternity with him. This is not ever going to be heaven. That's going to be heaven. And so he's trying to direct us there. And when we get there, we will look at his, our free will choices, the free will choices of everyone around us, our mates, our family, our friends, our country, our government, whoever they are, is making decisions that affect our lives. And we'll, ultimately, our lives will end. But we will look at that plan and we will see God moving in each and every one of those circumstances, striving with all of his power and love to bring out the best possible result. And when we see that, we will see everything in our life. We will look at our are the moment of our death, and we'll go, hey, just perfect. Thank you, God. And I'm still going to need ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, so let me just say that I think there may be the thought of if, let's just say somebody is experiencing some sort of a medical condition that would have resulted in death. The doctors, the medical community, all yep. the experts are saying, this person is probably going to die. Yep. And so then they get prayed for and the person doesn't die. Does that necessarily mean that God changed their death date or does nope. it mean that they weren't destined nope. to die then yet anyway? Right. Yes. Okay. He, he, he knew everything. Was, he, he knew who was going to pray, what the result was going to be and everything else. But pray for people, please. Mm -hmm. Pray for me when the time comes. It's a, it's a unique situation, because I shared this with you. This whole subject actually fascinates me to the degree that um, when it's your time, it's your time. It doesn't really matter what's happening or what's going on, because I used to work um, at the dialysis unit. And for those folks who are in renal failure, they're they're prolonging the inevitable. It's not a life-saving treatment, but we had one patient who had gone through liver transplant. Um, gosh, he was diabetic. He had staph in it. I mean, it, whatever could be wrong with this person was wrong. And he died, but not from that. He died in a car accident. Yeah. I, you know, so it's kind of one of those moments where you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't, you know, when it's your time, it's your time. Can, can you, that's excellent. By the way, this is one of my favorite verses. It comes out of, of Romans 11, right at the end of it. Oh, the depth, the riches, the wisdom, the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment. How unscrutable are his ways. He's God for, you know, for, I almost said for Pete's sake. <laughs> for my sake, he's God. For your sake, he's God. Who's Pete, anyway? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's God. He's moving in his holiness to bring about the best result for you and for me. We have two minutes. Softball. Mm. Oh! Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm um... Okay, so it's not a softball, but it's going to go back to the question before last because we just kind of got done talking about the majority of the sin of homosexuality and that we don't separate it out as any different than any other sin. Um, so this question had come in, and hopefully this won't take too long. Um, can you be 
LGBTQ, I'm going to add the T, um, actively loving that lifestyle and be a Christian and go to heaven. Uh, there's so many caveats and questions and commas in that question. Uh, can someone, I, I was given this example, so uh, a guy in a, and this is a true story, was in a, a Christian outreach nightclub uh, in Los Angeles. If you can imagine, Los never mind, uh, the connection of Godly in Los Angeles. But there was an outreach group. It was called the Holy Ghost Repair Service that would have services there every night. They'd have a good Christian rock band going on in there. And uh, uh, people off the street would come in. And one night, a, uh, one of the people that came in was a young uh, gay man. Uh, came in, heard the message. One of those moments of, of true repentance understanding the full power of Jesus Christ to transform lives. And I just, I'll just take a side note here. The one of the verses of Paul, and he's talking, he says, you know, we were blasphemers, we were, you know, crooks, we were this, we were that, and we were homosexuals. Talking about the body of Christ all being delivered from their previous sins, all lumped in together. This guy comes in, he accepts Christ, uh, it was a true transformation. The next morning, no food, no nothing. He does what he normally does. Because this is his life and his lifestyle. He goes out on the street to prostitute his body as a male prostitute. Car hits him and he dies. Mm. I think I'll see him in heaven. He wanted out. But he was trapped in a lifestyle that was destroying him. And oh, by the way, a lot of people here, because I was trapped in a lifestyle that was destroying me. And God in his grace allowed me to come to know him and transform my life. I'm still in it. But I could have died that moment. Just as the thief on the cross died at the last moment. And went to heaven. We have to be very careful where, when we're when we're moving in eternal things of God's holiness and his grace to people, we are not the judge. His word is, but ultimately love from him is the judge. Need to need to act that way. Okay. And I, and I don't want to undo the amazing story that you just said, but considering the fact that, let's just say that young man hadn't it, died. By the way, they put that. Do you not know that mm -hmm. the unrighteous is not here or not? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers, uh, not men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greeds, nor drunkards, nor ice cream eaters, and nor revelers or swindlers will inherit the <laughs> kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed and you were set free. Just sin after sin, all delivered. Go ahead. Can I, can I key in on the word practice? Yes. And, and the understanding of continuing to deliberately choose to yes. sin versus temptation. Right. Because I think the problem for a lot of us, whether it's sexual sin or alcohol or drugs or pornography or anything else, is even after 
being freed from sin, we still wrestle with the temptation. Yep. We still wrestle with the desire to want to do. So. Sure. I'll go even further than that. Uh, I'd like a show of hands of someone in here that never gets angry. Okay, dream on. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I'm in duty. <laughs> okay, now, those that just are indicated they were liars. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the okay, thing is, okay. no one wants to get angry. <laughs> but we, 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 we don't practice anger, but anger happens. This is, this is a whole new world when we walk in and be honest about our sins and our, our path to growth and maturity inside of our lives. And, and we start looking outside. Uh, the same thing, this idea to practice. I practice righteousness, but I sin. Christians, all Christians here today, practice righteousness by loving God, reading his word, opening our hearts to him to speak to us through prayer, through service, through all the things that are there. But we still sin. We practice righteousness, but we still fall short. Yeah, do you want to close in prayer? Sure. Would you please join me in prayer? Lord, thanks again for giving us another opportunity to answer some really hard questions. And uh, as a church, our desire is to honor you through that. And so thank you for your wisdom and your truth your love and your forgiveness and grace and the hope that only you can give in the middle of a crazy world. Um, so thank you that we get to do that as friends and family. And uh, yeah, until we meet next time, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>